This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 540 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Eco Gold, makers of innovative saddle pads and protective boots for your horse. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report, every week found on the Horses in the Morning show. This one is from episode 263. Today's tip is about bandaging and leg protection when traveling or riding. But first, a word from today's sponsor, EcoGold. EcoGold uses the latest developments in textile technology plus smart design to make the most advanced products on the market. For example, EcoGold's dressage, hunter, show jumping, and cross-country saddle pads are non-slip, 100% breathable, and hypoallergenic. They quickly evaporate moisture, reduce friction and pressure points, and absorb shock, yet still allow for close contact. Why, you may ask? Well, because EcoGold doesn't have a one-type-fits-all mentality. Their textile engineering team looks for at different issues affecting sport horses' comfort and performance and comes with the, up with the best materials and design for each saddle pad. Improve your horse's comfort with EcoGold saddle pads. Ask for them by name, EcoGold, at your local tax supply store or visit them online at ecogold.ca. Now, enjoy today's tip. There is support that's sometimes needed in um, veterinary care. So if you have a horse that's foundering or has a fracture on a leg, you want to support the other limb. Nine times out of ten, we use just a basic standing wrap, which is your cotton and your standing quilt on top or vet wrap just to hold some support to that leg so it doesn't continue to build up a fluid, get tired, things like that. But there are other wraps out there that people will use for riding, I wouldn't necessarily think that are good for support wraps, uh, splint boots. Let's take those for example. That's what those are for. Those are to protect the splint bones from interference and, and getting uh, pop splints. And those certainly wouldn't provide support on a horse that had fractured one leg and was leaning or standing on it a lot um, on the other limb. But uh, so each, each of these different wraps that people are uh, advertising are used for different just please use the ones that are meant for whatever sport or event or uh, situation you're going into um, uh, for, for you. And I would definitely do some research before you get in there. Just don't take the feed store's uh, opinion or don't take the uh, you know, person in the stall next to you, their opinion. Um, look into a lot of them. Uh, so, yeah, so skid boots on cross-country, not a great idea. <laughs> Probably not. Stephanie, what do you think of that? <laughs> Well, skid boots, they probably absorb some water when you're running through the, the water jump, right? Um, yeah, I would think. <laughs> I've never used I, them. I have no experience with skid boots because I'm of the eventing um, side of things as well. So. Yeah, me neither. I just know that they are there, and they're always at the uh, at the tax store, and they are just these giant, huge boots, and they're usually on sale. And so I looked at them once, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. I don't need that much protection underneath the fetlock, you know, like like you mm-hmm. could shoot it, and the bullet would not penetrate. <laughs> nice. Yes. Very sturdy. 
But, um, yeah, you, you mentioned a very good point there, Jamie, that there's so many options out there um, mm -hmm. that, again, they just need to do homework. I believe the horse has got some links that they're going to be putting on Facebook for articles and such that they've done um, on certain types of leg wraps and boots. But, you know, just the, the general ones, splint boots you hear about, and, again, those are used to just keep the horse from interfering, splits, and they're jumping, running, uh, galloping. Uh, bell boots, I commonly commonly recommend those for horses that have special shoes on, uh, egg bar shoes on the front feet to help out a podiatry situation, and those help keep them from yanking the shoe off. That's the primary thing. Or if they've been interfering and they continually get cuts on their heel or you got a heel injury, bell boots work great for that. Um, the polos, a lot of them use those, um, certain colors and certain <laughs> disciplines. It's uh, kind of funny how that runs that way. Um, but the polo wraps uh, are used to protect the legs, can, you know, warm up the leg because they're kind of thick. They're fleece almost and um, uh, probably shouldn't be left on for long periods of time. There's Professional's Choice. I've recommended their boots uh, for those who have had suspensory, major suspensory um, apparatus injuries. That would include the deep digital flexor tendon, the superficial digital flexor tendon. Those they start to wear when they start to bring them back into work so they don't overuse those ligaments or tendons, and they shouldn't be used the entire time the horse is ridden unless it warrants it by medical reasons because they can become used to it, like using a crutch or um, uh, some sort of uh, item that from actually rehabbing the injury back to its best shape. So, okay, question for you uh, about the polo wraps because I've had this discussion, I say in finger quotes in the air, discussion with right. some other people about polo wraps. And when using a polo wrap, that you're going to go out and ride, say, dressage, and you're going to go out in an arena and you're going to do some riding, do you wrap down the cannon bone and around, uh, underneath the fetlock or just down the cannon bone and back up? I see the Without that scoop along the below the fetlock, is that what you're saying? Yes. I've seen it both ways, and I have seen horses get bandaged sores under the fetlock from doing that. So I caution okay. those that might have closely clipped hair to be careful of that. Um, they are doing, I know a lot of them are doing that for support of the fetlock, and the polo wrap does not have support to give you for that. Um, it's more of a protection than it is a support wrap. Um, at that okay. point. Um, so if the horse is used to it, they're used to doing it, that's fine. I don't think it's going to make a big difference between being under the fetlock or above the fetlock in, um, in the support of the limb. But in protection, if they keep nicking themselves in the fetlock area, yeah, maybe that would be a great idea. Okay, good. Okay. I, somebody told me that absolutely you should never, ever wrap a polo wrap underneath the fetlock. And I thought, I've been doing that my entire life because, like you said, they, you know, they track up and they kick themselves in the fetlock. Then you've mm -hmm. got that padding there. Um, yep. And so I was just making sure that, because I thought that was out of left field. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. I've never heard never, ever. I just see differences of, of training barns doing it. Um, and, you know, if you think about the horse and the passage and pee-off, because since you brought up that discipline, they, they are moving very closely with their legs or 
pirouette, they're possibly getting close in the fetlock area as they're moving. So those nicks can occur a lot easier than maybe even pop splint. Okay. Okay. And then I think we were also going to talk about protection when shipping your horse. <laughs> oh, you really want to roll right into that. Well, I just wanted to mention a couple things about the wraps real quick um, for support protection. Right. Heat under the wraps, wetness under the wraps. Those are really, really um, issue, big issues that you have to wor worry about. The heat under the wrap, not so much unless you're leaving it on for long periods of time, and I mean after you've ridden the horse, things like that. Everybody always ices down their legs after a, a large event, like an endurance trail or competitive trail riding, an eventing person. They'll ice the, li the limbs down, a reining horse. They'll ice the limbs down so that they can help get the edema out of there. Don't leave those wraps on there thinking you're getting the edema out because all you're doing is just still heating up the leg. You need to cool it off. Mm -hmm. um, the other reason for that is the moisture that's um, underneath that limb, because they are sweating underneath there, is going to bring fungal and bacterial infections. And then you'll have stoved up legs because you're going to start getting a cellulitis and possibly a secondary bacterial infection. So those are two biggie things. Last but not least, my quick story had um, clients concerned about their horses out in the pasture during a hurricane, worried about their limbs getting hurt. They threw split bones, split bones, split boots on the horses to protect their bones and their limbs because they didn't have enough polo wraps to put on all the horses. And they had bandage sores from the polo wraps, and they had major swellings from the splint boots um, on those horses because they were just on way too long. Oh, interesting. Huh. And something that um, I think we spoke about a little bit yesterday, Erin, was the when you need to wash these things after you use them, too. Like, if you're using them to ride, you know, hose them down and make sure that, you know, sediment hasn't accumulated under them from the arena or wherever you happen to be, or little burrs from the trail ride, right? Absolutely. Burrs from the trail ride is huge. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely clean them, uh, hang them to dry, make sure that they're dry before you put them on, too, because mm -hmm. that's just another source of um, trapping moisture. You already started off with a wet environment. Yes. I was telling, I was Jamie. I was telling Aaron yesterday that um, I can still smell my wolf boots, my um, my brushing <laughs> boots that I have on my event horse. The the pair that I have, or actually the set of four that I have, I, I can remember what they smell like when they're wet. It's like a, a smell that I'll never forget. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Very... They... Go ahead. Uh, I'd say they get sweaty and nasty, and then you run through mucky water jumps and everything. <laughs> So, yeah, the washing of those are, are definitely important. And, I mean, if you don't, the Velcro won't stick anymore. I've tried that one. Uh, <laughs> I've done exactly. everything the lazy way first and then uh, tried to, like, tune it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the shipping since um, somebody's chomping at the bit to uh, make their comments about losing their head. Um, I'm not done. It's your show here. <laughs> if you if you have been in my environment, which is 19 years of vet practice, and oh gosh, I can't even remember how many years of riding with veterinarians. Any day I had off school, um, and I'm telling you, it was any day I had off school. I was at the veterinary clinic waiting for a truck to go into and ride um, to their calls. You, you see these trailer accidents and high end horses. Backyard horses, doesn't matter. If they're not wearing any protection on their legs, the um, cuts can be life-threatening, uh, life-ending, um, very, very bad, bad cuts. 
you have to remember that from the hock down, basically, and from the knee down is a good cutoff in your brain. There's really no muscle under that skin. It just goes skin to bone or skin to tendon or skin to blood vessel. It's, mm -hmm. it's, there's nothing really there to buffer it and bump it. You know, you've got the body, you've got the chest, they've got a little bit of meat there where in the rear end that they can take a bruise and they can take a, you know, blunt a cut there and just expose muscle. Granted, that's not a pretty thing to see either, but you're not, you're not cutting into anything that would support them to stand, and horses have to stand. So I am a big advocate of putting some sort of shipping wraps on the horse when you're going five minutes down the road or 20 minutes down the road to the vet clinic, to your trainer, to a clinic, to sell the horse, anything like that, um, I highly recommend. The other thing is as you're getting your horse used to trailering and they're still a little skittish getting out the pole protector, I know this is about wraps and stuff, but a pole protector over the ears, I don't know how many of those cuts between the ears I've had to sew up uh, at a show at a show that they've arrived and they, they need to show and they need to get this done and everything's in a hurry and they, they were in a hurry and the horse normally tra trailers fine. There might have been a strange horse in the trailer or they were in a hurry and they fed off of the anxiety of the trainer or the owner and they wall up their head. Um, getting off a trailer even, they'll cut themselves. Not necessarily the act of getting on. Getting off, they'll cut themselves. So I'm just a huge advocate of the actual shipping boots. You can do the standard polo wraps or you can do a standard standing wrap with cotton and a um, standing wrap on top or vet wrap on top. But you have to remember those really only fit between the hock and the fetlock or the knee and the fetlock. So you provide protection of the cantonbone, bone but not major joints. And if a horse has an injury to a joint, their ability to do any kind of athletic ability they were doing previous is decreased immensely mm -hmm. because you've just damaged uh, a part of their body that, re that, that they need to move um, in a fashion. So if you've got a jumper, you've got an endurance trail ride horse, you've got an eventer, you've got a dressage horse, it doesn't matter. They're going to need that joint to stay in its most pristine environment that it's been made to be in. And uh, mm -hmm. any injury that opens that up to the environment just invites devastation. So I hate to be the doom and gloom on it, but I can tell you I've worked at least a dozen um, trailer accidents, and almost all of them, they've not had any kind of wrap on the horse's leg, and the legs have had some major injury to them. Um, some we've had to euthanize and some we haven't. Um, but the yeah. horses are crippled, you know, for a certain period of time. It does not protect against fractures. Fractures are going to happen. Um, it may help a little bit, but it's the cuts that you've got to think about, that they can cut themselves on, the partitions. Um, sometimes the interior is um, put together with screws that may not lay flush. They may have backed out a little bit. Anything you think of um, mm -hmm. could cut those legs. So, Stephanie, if, there's a sharp, if there's a sharp edge, the horse will find a way to find it. So, And they'll put it in the most precarious place right over the they door. They will, indeed. <laughs> indeed. So... I can remember that we painstakingly learned how to um, do shipping bandages for pony club inspections years and years ago. And, um, and that was always from, like, below the hock or below the knee all the way to protecting the cornet band. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's funny because I don't, think I've, I don't think I ever owned a pair of shipping boots that cover the hock, but I think those are pretty common now, aren't they? Very common. They're very common. They're Velcro. They don't 
fit snug like your wraps do that you would learn in Pony Club. But mm -hmm. you just got to get the right size to make them fit snug. You don't want them zipping around the leg like you know, ringing around a barber pole or something. Um, yes. You want them to fit snug. So if they don't fit snug, please return them, get the right size. Um, some companies have uh, ways you can measure for the legs, but uh, definitely make sure you have the right size. Don't be hesitant at all to return them and say, you know, it doesn't fit. I need to get the proper size, and I made a mistake because the fit is, is paramount for those. That's for sure. So I think what I learned here, what I think I've learned out of all of this is that Jet's back legs are, are more important than Jamie's head. Uh, okay, so I will have to tell a story. Sorry, Jamie. I have little pony clubber that was going 20 miles to her lesson. Um, it was a clinic lesson with all the Pony Club people. And uh, somebody was coming the opposite way on a Lane Road that they've driven all the time. And I guess this person was texting, they think, and crossed over the line, was heading straight for the truck and trailer. So Dad was driving, and Dad veered off the road to avoid getting hit dead on. And, of course, the trailer is that extra weight back there. He got off the road, and the trailer flipped over sideways. The little pony inside um, has a um, had major cuts from the hock all the way down. Mm. Thank God, no major blood vessels were cut. There were there was bleeding. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like a major artery. No tendons or ligaments were cut, but there was a minor fracture that um, this pony did entail. As we're cleaning it up, the one thing you have to think about is the horse is in shock. So we're putting it on IV fluids while we're standing there by the side of the road, waiting for another trailer. We're cleaning out the wound, and my associate, who's with me at the time working for me at the time, made a comment that she will always bandage her horse's legs, even though she's only going 20 miles down the road to her horse lesson after seeing what happened to this pony. Mm -hmm. And they were literally 10 miles from their house, if that, maybe 8 miles from their house, as they were heading off to this little clinic. Now, Dr. Uh, Jones, I'm not going to argue with you saying <laughs> that it is not a necessary part of, you know, uh, shipping a horse. I own shipping boots, and every other horse of mine wears them on their back legs. I was simply making the point that between head and feet, um, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to have to work with it. Jen just typed to me on our little I am chat thing to uh, try putting a piece of duct tape down his leg uh, from right below his hock down to his fetlock and walk away. Because I can't, I can't put, after cross country, I can't put standing wraps on this horse's back legs. I can't put wow. shipping boots on. I can't even put cross country boots on. He, go, I mean, he, this is like my rescue horse, so he's got... He's got issues. So any, any way that you know of as a vet to, to teach a horse to be okay with it? Um, well, first thing I always say with horses is consistency. Always keep doing the same thing. Make sure it's non-threatening, the same thing over and over and over. And they'll start to get to the point that they accept it. They really will. I've had horses that were needle shy, and after it took me seven years, and I only see them once or twice a year, <laughs> that mm -hmm. will now let me stick them with a needle. But we had to find what made them happy while I was doing it, and we just consistently did that same thing over whether it was a bowl of food in front of them, carrots, apples, whatever it was, their buddy standing next to them, something that made them more relaxed in the environment. So that's the first thing is consistency, make it a pleasant experience. Second thing right, is... Look at it this way, Jamie. You only have six more years to go. You're, you're going to get you see the light yeah. at the end of the tunnel now. And, and <laughs> secondly, as a veterinarian, there are drugs. You could... Drug them, wake them up with the boots. And I'm telling you that because we've had a few bad trailering horses 
we've left dorm gel with those clients, and that's a new product that's been out for uh, a year and a half now. Or maybe it's just been a year. Anyway, it's a gel that goes under the tongue. It's sedation. It does not make them as knocked out as you've seen some of the horses that get their teeth done or sheath cleaned or whatever surgery performed. They, they are very relaxed, and they get on the trailer a lot easier. So we've used them for trailering horses. You might be able to give them that. You've got to wait 40 minutes after you give it and then go ahead and do whatever you need to do. So you can probably put the, the wraps on and get them on the trailer. The other thing is holding a front leg while you do the back leg, which I'm guessing you may have already tried that trick. Um, you, use this, you hold the front leg of the same leg you're working on in the hind limb because they usually stand on their diagonals. So meaning if you're doing a left hind, somebody holds up the left front, and that means they'd have to, in order to kick you, they'd have to lean completely to their right-hand side and fire out, which they don't really kick. Mm -hmm. And I always have somebody cover the eye because they, they can yeah. see you and they're going to aim for you. If you cover the eye on that side, they'll just be kicking blindly into the air. They may get you during your mask party next to them, but they won't, they won't nail it <laughs> if they can see you. So. I don't want to be my, a my glancing symbols. wound. It'll only be a glancing wound, Jamie. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, if you will give me, let's see, what is today? Today is November 2nd. If you will give me 30 days. So when you come back on November, uh, December 7th, I am going to have a photo. you got to give me 30 days. It's going to take me that long. I will give you a photo of my horse in shipping boots. All right. Fantastic. I love to hear that. Like I a deal. love to hear that. It's a challenge. It's a challenge, and I'm going to try to live up to it. I'm going to start with, a, like, a piece of duct tape on his back legs and then maybe some uh, – who the heck knows what I can get around his back legs. But that's my personal challenge. I've got to improve this horse. He's got to be a better better dude. Uh, so you're inspiring me to get some shipping boots on him. I'm writing it down. Let's see, November or December 7th. And for horses like that, those Velcro ones that, that have three pieces of Velcro to go across the front are the best ones to use. That's you, you the ones I have. The, They're quick. Yeah. I can, you place I them on the back side the and wrap those three pieces around, and you get your face out of the way. Mm -hmm. I can see and they'll the walk really Craigslist. funny. I can see the Craigslist ad now in Phoenix, Arizona. A human shield wanted for <laughs> Nice. But, but see, I think the biggest thing that nowadays that we don't do is we're not living with our horses like in the old. Now, granted, there's been boarding barns around forever. But there was more, as they call horsemanship, where the people actually lived with their horses and knew, you know, the horses. The horses knew them. And they, the horses knew they weren't a threat. And I'm not saying your horse thinks you're a threat, Jamie. But there is there is uh, not a consistency when people hit a roadblock that they normally can do with their other animals, their other horses, but they can't do with this particular horse. They hit that roadblock and they give up. And if they can try to work through that roadblock in a consistent manner, which I think is what all the trainers are out there teaching, the, the Pirellis, the John Lyons, it's a, all consistent. Make it a, a good environment. Make it a, something they want to do kind of uh, treatment. They all have their different avenues of getting there, but it's a consistency. You'll probably hear that frequently from those trainers is everything is a consistency. Okay, well, mm -hmm. we've worked through a lot. This is just our next step. This is another big hole that he has. So I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make it my, my, my mission to get some boots on this horse because, by God, he's going to, you know, someday run training and hopefully prelim and maybe intermediate. So uh, he's going to have to learn to have some boots on his back legs, and you're my inspiration. We're going to do it. Yes. Thank you, guys. Good. Good. Well, thank you I'm so glad much. to hear that. 
<laughs> and two, um, we were talking about the, the support and protection. We actually ran an article on our website a little while back on um, some of the research that's been performed on these these bandages and wraps, and I will make sure that I post that to the Facebook page for Horses in the Morning. Yeah, and we've also and, got a video um, up online that you already posted on how to wrap your horse, and this is just that kind of stuff that we just all need to have um, and need to rewatch and relearn and restudy. So if you do think you know you know everything, go watch this again. Um, maybe you'll learn something new. It's thehorse.com, and then it's on our Facebook page, uh, How to Wrap a Horse's Leg. Uh, so check that out, please. And then uh, go to thehorse.com for pretty much any information. And, again, it's floridaequine.com. Is that right, Dr. Jones? Yes. Well, there you go. An excellent discussion on bandaging and wrapping for protection during travel or riding. To listen to more of thehorse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to Glenn and Jamie, putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune into Horses in the Morning Wednesdays at 10 a.m. for your weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information. You can also go to thehorse.com and find the mother load of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover. You can subscribe to all of the great shows of the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. Oh.